0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, a Scottish baseball podcast. I'm the Glasgow Comets, John Mckellar,
1: and I'm Jason Durr, former president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer.
0: Jason, what a time to be a sports fan! Um, the uh, coronavirus pandemic has unfortunately more or less shut down sports completely across the globe. Certainly, the three main ones that are the NBA, NHL, and MLB—they're they're, all—they've all had either their seasons postponed or suspended. Um, Unprecedented,
1: yeah, and you're forgetting collegiate sports as well, too. So oh, you yeah, and this cancelled, yeah, all the spring sports have been cancelled as well, so yeah, it's pretty much unprecedented.
0: Um, now, the earliest that I've seen that Major League Baseball's regular season could end up happening, um, is mid to late May. Is that about what you're hearing?
1: So I hear it's a Memorial Day weekend, which would be the twenty-fifth of May. Would be the things that would be kicking off, but I guess it's all fluid. I think they're waiting till beginning of April to look at everything.
0: Yeah, And um, what would this mean for spring training then? How long will the major league players need uh, to get back into playing shape after this whole, you know, after this whole thing goes away enough that we can get a baseball season started?
1: I think the guys that are already on the major league roster are probably in shape probably two to three weeks. I think it would probably take maybe a little bit longer. I think the guys who are maybe trying to make the team or try to prove themselves, they, hopefully they're out working out playing catcher somewhere. I've seen uh, Trevor Bauer had a Sandlot game, um, you know, out there. Uh, Other guys are doing stuff. You know, I feel bad for the guys who are out there trying to make a baseball team and have to go like deliver groceries now or, or drive Ubers just to make ends meet during this crazy times.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a discussion to be had about the impact that this will have, and probably the disproportionate impact that this will have on minor league ball players. But it's probably a discussion for another time. Um, at the moment, we are we're going to operate under the assumption there will be a 2020 season. Um, I don't think personally there's any danger of us losing the whole season. Um, it will affect other things like I think the London series is highly unlikely to happen from a logistical standpoint, from a planning standpoint. I think by the time we get started in late May, it's going to be about three weeks or so between that and the London series, and that's not going to be enough time to plan everything. Um, obviously, there's going to be a need to be a revamp of the schedule. So I don't see that happening.
1: Well, I would say, so um, I actually see... it actually do happening. I don't think they have time to reschedule. schedule. I think they go and they jump in and say the 25th of May, and you play the schedule the way it is. Um, I don't think there's... Uh, possibly enough time to go and come out with a completely new schedule that might rebalance things. But we, what you're forgetting is I'm guessing these hotels and these airplanes have been booked, you know, months in advance. And so uh, it would probably be a bigger cost to cancel it and rebook something else than to actually just continue on with the schedule.
0: Now, that That is a fair point. Um, do you see them delaying the end of the season at all? Do you think it will play deeper into October? Maybe the start of November, or do you think that it'll be a shortened season?
1: Uh, you know, I've seen some people saying you play in November, but I think we've all yeah. seen before it. it's cold November. Uh, you know, unless you're going to be one of the teams uh, down the south playing, like nobody wants to play in snow. Uh, so I think they kind of keep the schedule the way it is, and uh, you, you just play as many games you as you want, or as many as you can fit in.
0: Now, what do you think of the idea that's been floated of playing the World Series at a neutral ground? For instance, in Miami, if uh, it does, if if it does come to that,
1: well, uh, it'd be the you know the first time in a long time that uh, Marlins Stadium has been full, so it'd be good for them. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I think that robs the people of uh, the, the home fans uh, of, of where it is there. So I, I, uh, if, if it happened to be in Seattle, I know I, uh, people in Seattle would want it to be there. So, you know, I, I don't think you can play at neutral ground. It's not like the Super Bowl where you, you book this months in advance. They, they do this every year. And it's kind of a mad scramble to book hotels for the teams like that. Um, I don't I don't really see a neutral ground happening unless the outbreak gets worse. And you've got to play a neutral ground and not let anyone watch the game there.
0: Yeah, it's, um, like we have said, it's unprecedented. Um, It's, you know, you can't really blame baseball for, you know, exploring all avenues with regards to this. Um, But I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how long this thing lasts, first off, um, before we can really look at getting a season in or or what kind of shape or form it will take. Um, with that in mind, as we say, we're going to operate under the assumption we're going to have a 2020 season. So this week, uh, we are going to continue from last week when we picked our AEL predictions. This week, we'll go with the National League. Um, we'll get to those in just a moment. Um, quick prediction note, how many games do we play this year?
1: So there's been a strike previously. There was the one in, obviously, 94 uh, that halted everything. Uh, there was no playoffs or World Series that year. It's the only time that's ever happened. Um, at least in baseball. I think in hockey, they had the whole year they missed out. Uh, and then they started up in um, 95. And I think they every team played, let me pull this up here.
0: 144 games.
1: Yeah, 144 games there. So uh, so you can do that. But then there's a lockout, which is a really strange one because Uh, They stopped midway through the season. And instead of taking the best overall record between those two teams, uh, whoever had the best record in the first half uh, and the best record in the second half played in a divisional format for the playoffs. So I met like a team um, like the, I think it was the St. Louis Cardinals um, had the best record, but didn't make, no, Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds, I think they both had the best records. And they... Uh, neither one qualified because they didn't actually win their division in the first half or the second half, but had the best records in the divisions.
0: <laughs> My God. Um, that's That sounds like a really confusing way to do things, and I really hope that the baseball doesn't go down that road again this time. Um, so how many do you think we play this year?
1: Well, so I did some quick math, and if they were to play on the 25th of May, and they were able to just play every day, they'd play roughly about 130 games, which... It's not going to happen. I think travel bans will still be kind of there. I think you see, you know, they're going to have things to slow down. So I, I'm guessing probably closer to 110.
0: Yeah, and the players' union are not going to want them to try and cram in all these games, and they certainly won't be looking to do double headers to make games up that have been lost. I think there's going to be, I think we end up playing an, uh, an 81 game half season this year.
1: Oh, 81. Okay.
0: Yeah, right. I think it's going to. Is I don't think there's any way that with all the travel bans, with the kind of spread of this virus, that we're going to be ready for twenty fifth of May.
1: No, I, I don't think so too. I think unfortunately, I think things are getting worse in the states there. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'm I'm hoping that by that time you're you're looking at, you know, maybe one hundred ten games. But I guess uh, half season is probably pretty good. Uh, It'll be a weird one because even with the half season there, I mean, you could look at a team. Uh, say like the Mariners who get off to a hot start and just are able to maintain that enough to sneak into the playoffs
0: yeah I mean there could be some unexpected playoff uh, contenders and I guess in a way it is exciting obviously it's not an ideal situation for anyone baseball certainly did not have to be put in this situation it's uh, very much a force majeure that we're dealing with here so um, I guess roll with the punches try and make a, a fun crazy year out of it with that in mind do we implement you know some some things we want to try like for instance the universal dh um or do they implement the pitch clock this year um to try those out uh i
1: i i think if they do anything i can see them playing in some empty stadiums that could be interesting to see if they do that Um, i think they're just gonna have to whatever rules they implement are gonna have to delay until next year, like again like uh, the, uh, a pitcher have to face three batters, I don't know if they're going to be ready for that or not, um, it seems kind of crazy to put in, in half a season if we're looking at that, but you never know like I said, we're, we're all waiting to hear I guess what uh, around the, the first of April, what's going down
0: Yeah, I guess it's uh, a game we'll wait and see at the moment, but yeah, I, I think 81 games is the best we're going to get um, with the uncertainty over how, long, how much longer this is going to take it's probably prudent to look toward the back end rather than saying, "Oh, it's going to be done by mid-May and we'll be back to normal." I think probably start of June is when we're going to have opening day because we're going to need, like you say, two to three weeks. Of, we're basically going to have to have another spring training uh, by the time that this whole thing ends. So you're going to look. You're looking at I think an 81 game half season because, like I say, you're going to need to make sure that the players get their days off. Um, the players' union aren't going to. You know, under I think the CBA the last time around, they actually kind of negotiated where they would start. That's why we see the start the opening days in like the last week of March instead of the first week of April now, because it allows them to make the season longer and sprinkle in more off days for the players. Um, so, yeah, I think 81 games.
1: OK, that's probably a pretty fair shot. We'll see. I think it's Here's to see what happens.
0: So with that in mind, then, uh, let's predict the National League. Um, let's begin with the National League East and I'll give you the floor.
1: Right. I, I, oh gosh, I don't see the Nationals repeating. I think the Braves, Braves get stronger this year. Uh, I see, uh, I see the Phillies sneaking in the second place, then the Nationals, then the Mets, and then the Marlins. I, I, I don't know. Um, I just don't see the the, Mar- the Nationals being as good as they were last year. And, you know, I want them to be, but uh, I just don't see it.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I think the Nationals are still very good. I think that they still have great pitching. However, I'm gonna have I'm gonna go with the Phillies winning the division. Um I think the acquisitions they've made have been quite good. Um they also obviously they have Bryce Harper as well on the on their ball club. Um I've seen firsthand what Joe Girardi can do um from a managerial standpoint and I have faith that he can probably win upwards of 80 games and uh, at least at least challenge for the division. So I'm going to put the Sullies in first place over the Nationals. Um, in third place, I'll have the Mets. Um, no, I have the Braves over the Mets, actually, that mm-hmm. I think about it. So I've got the Braves in third place, then the Mets, and then finally the Marlins. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, who do you like in the Central?
0: In the Central? See, the National League Central is probably the division that I know the least about.
1: This is a tough one because I think there's four four teams out of this one that could win the division. So I think the Reds are gonna be sneaky good this year. I think they've 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 got a lot of people there, but I think that ballpark's gonna live with them because it's so tiny. They're gonna, you know, give up a lot of home runs. But uh, I uh, I want to say Brewers. I want to say Cardinals. They're always just good and never great. Uh, I would say cubs, reds, and then pirates, so i but i think the the if the reds get off to a hot start, they could be a real wild card and cause uh yeah problems if you
0: you know I think we are prima i i think we probably have matching predictions then in the in l central um like you say the the one that, the I one that I thinks the trickiest is the the cubs and the reds you know they could they could easily be the reverse of each other um yeah. Don't so, know, but I've, yeah,
1: with Cincinnati's ballpark, it, it it's tiny. It plays tiny. Uh, I you know they've got Sonny Gray, they've got Trevor Bauer, and if they can keep the ball down, I think they'll do really good. But I just don't know. I don't watch enough Reds games to really know how well they'll do there.
0: Yeah, same here. Um, I don't really watch much of the National League Central in general, to be honest. But uh, we only need to keep an eye on that, and uh, we've pretty much neither of us can lose. <laughs> No, none of us can win with regards to that to
1: that division. So yeah, it's a tough one. Like I said, I think there's four teams that can come out on the top there. It's gonna be a mean dogfight for that one, uh, and I think that's going to go down to the last day of the year. I think, and it's just a matter of, uh, uh, of who who can get off the best start and then continue it.
0: So the National League West, then, Jason. What are your picks for the National League West?
1: I see the Dodgers easily winning this. The, you can't you can't blame the Dodgers with Mookie Betts and the rest of the lineup. Like they're going to win this easily. Uh, my, my Padres are coming in second I think another year I think uh, Fernando Tatis T- T- Jr. is going to help them uh, you've got Machado still just kind of settling things in they made a bunch of trades uh, this should be interesting they don't have much depth at pitching but I think they've got enough uh, everything else that should be alright um, the Diamondbacks made some good moves I see, I see them coming in third uh, uh, then the Rockies uh, I, I don't know how long, long they keep Aaron Otto I hope they don't trade him but he's clearly not happy out there and uh, the Giants will just be at the bottom there. I don't. <laughs> I just did a fantasy draft, and I don't think a Giant went the first 200 uh, people drafted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they've had kind of a fall from grace in recent years. The Giants obviously they had a very dominant run, but I think they won, was it, three titles in five years?
1: Yeah, it was even year magic. Yeah,
0: 2010. 2012, 2014. 2012 and 2014, that's right. Yep. Yeah, I, I see the Dodgers quite easily winning the National League West. Um, I'm going to put the Diamondbacks over the Padres, um, but I have the Padres in third, and obviously um, the Rockies in, in, in fourth place as well. Uh, I don't think they will keep a hold of Aranado. Um, where he ends up, who who knows, but he's, he's not going to be a Rockies player by the All-Star break.
1: Do you, do you see him playing for the Yankees? Do you have a big hole at third base? <laughs>
0: I don't think we have a huge hole at third base in in, in the Yankees roster. You've got and- Andujar, who can play there. He's you know, he's not, he's not great. No,
1: and he can't field the ball.
0: I know. But... <laughs> so that
1: means you have a, your third base is playing first base. So you have a hole at third base.
0: We also have Gio Urshela at third base, though, and he is very good defensively. So, And both of them have the potential to put a lot of great numbers up on the board offensively. Certainly Gio Oshela did so last year. And in 2018 when Miguel Andujar won the Rookie of the Year uh, award. <laughs> he he had a huge season as well. Uh, obviously uh, he didn't really win it. It was Shohei Otani uh, who was handed the American, the American League Rookie of the Year award in 2018. Um, but I swear that his name had been inscribed on the trophy uh, when he signed for the Angels because... Yeah. And Duhar got robbed. <laughs> You're
1: the first two-way player in like 100 years. And you say he got robbed. You can't say that.
0: He missed a massive portion of the the last part of the season. But yeah, Duhar was a huge, huge part of the Yankees' offense in 2018. Um, yes, he's a two-way player, but he didn't do well enough to win rookie of the year.
1: We'll agree to disagree on that
0: one. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, let you know. your
1: fandom win. There's no way, No, uh, <laughs> no it'd be interesting. I think we get a full year of Otani.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting this year to see if uh, we will get a full season of Otani and what he's really capable of. Um, I think he is a very dynamic player, and it's going to be good to see him. You know, finally prove. You know, finally earn that rookie award.
1: So I got a question before before we move on. So so you obviously don't watch na- many National League teams, but we need to find you a right. League team to root for. Yeah. Are you leaning towards anybody? Or are we revisit we this in a week or two?
0: I mean, I might need to become a Phillies fan because um, you've got Joe Girardi, Didi Gregorius, uh, you know, and Ronald Torres there. So I might need to become a Phillies fan, believe it or not.
1: If you become a Phillies fan, are you going to have your hair like Bryce Harper then?
0: <laughs> oh, I don't do the man but
1: you know, like I said, I want to see some flowing locks from you. Know, if, if you decide to go for Phillies, we'll get you a headband. You know, it'll be fine.
0: What, you mean my locks aren't flowing well, they enough? They are
1: flowing, but they're not Bryce Harper flowing.
0: Well, that's true. I don't have, like, a, half a billion dollars in the bank, though. <laughs> all right, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, no I, in all seriousness, I think you probably need to give it a long, hard think. to I don't think I should pick anyone from the East. Uh
1: See, I almost say you pick someone for the East because it gives you someone to actually watch. So mm. when the Yankees are out West and the Central, and you can't watch a game on. You can go, oh, great, my my NL East team's on.
0: Oh, come on. You know me, Jason. If, I, if the Yankees are out West, I'll just stay up here. Yeah, I
1: know, but what, I mean, what are you gonna do you <laughs> do? Four hours till the game. <laughs> That's
0: what MLB the show's for. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> um. so So. Uh, Moving on then, uh, what about the wild cards in the National League, Then, I think last week I had picked the Astros and the White Sox for the for the American League wild cards. What about yourself for the National League this week?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, I think the Padres sneak in. Uh, I think someone from the East sneaks in as well. So whether it be the Nationals or Phillies, I think, they just think, I think the, the Central beats the crap out of each other and somebody gets away with, with, by winning it by a game or two. But I think they're all kind of around the same record, which isn't going to be enough to push anybody uh, really up for the wild card.
0: I absolutely agree with you there. I think that the Central is going to kind of cancel itself out from wild card contention. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with the Nationals and... Yes, the Nationals and the Diamondbacks for the wild card. You can tell I'm not a National a national League guy.
1: <laughs> but even so, it's, it's a, that's a thing that happens to a lot of people out there. You know, you try to watch these, NL, or these West Coast games, and you're know, like, game mm. time's at three o'clock in the morning. Like, unless you're working bar shifts, you're not watching many of these games.
0: That's probably a great point, actually. Yeah. Um, and even growing up, when I was watching games on five, Because of the kind of time constraints that they had on that channel, the game started at like midnight, one o'clock. So it was generally, the furthest west that it would go would be kind of central time, uh, games that were in central time. So I would only see a West Coast team if they were in the East East Coast or in the Central. Um, Very rarely would I see West Coast games, other than obviously day games. But generally, we didn't get them.
1: So, so, which is interesting for me, because obviously growing up in the West Coast, uh, my day, or this, my summers used to be catch the Cubs games at noon, because they, which would be okay. you know I see I like think about eleven o'clock my time, and then uh, four o'clock I would catch the Braves seven o'clock game, and then at seven o'clock I would catch the Mariners game. So if I wanted to watch baseball all day, I could catch all three games.
0: Yeah, that's probably a kind of underappreciated advantage that West Coast fans have. You know, you guys get baseball all day. Yeah. Whereas obviously in the East Coast it's the opposite way around where like the East is kind of it's already late by the time the East Coast starts to get games. Oh
1: uh, yeah I mean that's why I'm a, a big kind of Cubs Brian Sandberg fan and Dale Murphy fan because I, I you know I, I would watch those games, you know it was like okay what game's on? All right, Cubs game on. All right, let's watch the day game and then, you know, uh, you know, he hit the Braves game on at 4 o'clock, and then at 7 o'clock, you'd watch baseball tonight, catch all the all stuff that's been happening, and then, you know, flip over to the Mariners game.
0: And the Mariners so, were actually good back then as well? Uh, well,
1: uh, in the 80s when I started following baseball, not so much, but in the mid-90s, yes, they were.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, who was your favourite Barno growing up, actually? I don't think I've ever asked.
1: Um, gosh. It'd be, Griffey was the first one. I mean, it, it was hard. I mean, you kind of had like Harold Reynolds was kind of there and you kind of had big name guys that would sign for a year or two and then go off. But I mean, it, Griffey was really uh, the first kind of guy you kind of really rallied around. Um, you ask me now, I, I'd say it's either Edgar or Jay Buhner are, are, are definitely one of my favorites. I think they just stayed with the team where I felt betrayed with Griffey wanting to be traded to uh, Cincinnati, and, which I can understand now, but at the time it was, it was, it was gutting. And then of course, you know, A We were all fan of A Rod, and, and then you know he betrayed us as well. Uh, and then Ichiro. So you know, so I, I've got the guys that stuck around. I'm, I'm quite fond of. So you know, Edgar and uh, and Bone are my, my two favorites.
0: Nice. Um, now you mentioned Harold Reynolds. I remember Harold Reynolds from when I was growing up. For he would always be on the coverage of the Home Run Derby that you would see, <laughs> oh, uh, in the UK. And that's kind of how I got to know right, uh, Harry Reynolds, uh, Harold
1: Reynolds. Well, that's interesting. I mean, because a lot of people know him as a broadcaster. So he's actually, uh, yeah. uh, from Corvallis, Oregon, which is where I went to university at. So um, which they didn't know to a later date. But, I mean, he was kind of our first kind of uh, regular all-star for a while. And then, of course, um, you know, the, he got expensive and they, they moved on. And, and, and uh, you know, that was just kind of the, the way things went with the Mariners as guys got expensive and they or just let him go nothing
0: another hometown boy much like the legendary Steve Lyons as we were talking about I got a root for
1: my Oregon State guys like back in the day there yeah. wasn't many and of course now that we've got a few um, I'm quite happy to see they're doing well um, but uh, you know uh, I always got to root for the guys in the Northwest you know, I know what it's like to play baseball in the cold and the weather just like we're playing out here in Scotland
0: do you think um, to sort of segue into Scottish baseball. Do you think that you're growing up on the West Coast helped you acclimate quicker to Scottish baseball than a lot of Americans or kind of obviously a lot of European and South American players would uh, or do coming I off? I think here? so.
1: I think I, like one of the first things I did was uh, I bought vinyl baseballs uh, for everyone to throw around and everyone kind of looked at me funny. They I said, I said they're, they're bright yellow and they're slick but I said you know what like you're not going to lose them and if they get wet they don't hold the water. So instead of going through a dozen or two baseballs at every practice. Um, we, we went through, you know, we'd buy three dozen baseballs and that would basically last a the season there. So you just got used to playing in cold and wet. Um, you know, it was, uh, uh, you'll see that now. You don't see a lot of guys going from Florida, Texas, or California going up north. Uh, it's very rare because, you know, they have the perfect weather to play year round. Whereas uh, in, in, say, the Northwest and the Northeast, like it's cold. So you only play your high school season or your college, collegiate season. Um, and just that small window that you have.
0: Now, uh, we have discussed, uh, obviously, the bastard coronavirus a bit. Uh, we've done our picks. Uh, those were our picks. Please, uh, listeners, do contact us on social media. Um, tell us your picks. Tell us who you think will win each division. Tell us who you think will win the wild cards. Tell us your picks for all five teams in each division. Um, we want to hear from you and get your feedback on that. Um, that's assuming that we do get a baseball season, and I don't think there's any real danger of the season being cancelled outright. Um, it's it's a frustrating wait. I think it's uh, I've found that I don't know about you, but I've found it more frustrating than I thought it would. Um, with this whole kind of lockdown and the postponement, uh, as I say, I'm I'm revisiting 2009. Uh, I've got the Yankees home opener from 2009 uh, paused on YouTube as we speak. Um, cause I've just, I need, I need some baseball in my life. Um,
1: yeah, I, I mean, this would be about the time now I'm, I'm doing all my fantasy baseball drafts and I'd be kind of tuning into spring training because now you're getting the guys that are getting regular bats. You know, you, The pitchers are done working on their, their off-speed pitches for the season and, and you're actually seeing quality at bats and quality pitching now. So, um, yeah, I, I think it will really kind of set in next week. Like I think we'll be on lockdown then and I'll be like, I, I need some sort of
0: distraction. Absolutely, uh, it's so frustrating. But that is what it is. here's hoping we get a season in soon, and uh, we'll see who whose uh, picks are the best. Have you? What was it? You you bet me something. Was it Edinburgh yes, Rock? Yes,
1: Edinburgh Rock. Yes. Yeah.
0: What? what can what can I what can I throw into the bargain? Um.
1: Buckfast. Buckfast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of listeners who are like, What what is Buckfast?
0: (laughs) Uh, Buckfast is an absolutely hideous drink that uh, a lot of Scotsmen uh, drink a lot of, probably too much of. I'm not one of them. I don't drink alcohol. I'm one of the weird ones.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, it's a tonic wine that's loaded with alcohol and caffeine. Uh, I recommend it if you're in the area to try it once, and that's all you'll need.
0: Yeah, I honestly don't think it leaves your system ever again after you drink no. it, to be honest. I think it just clings to your insides. Here's what here's what I'll throw into the bargain. Um I'll get a bottle of the nineteen oh one iron brew that they have right, on sale yeah. just now. Um and uh yeah, so if that's still on sale later in the year I'll do that. If not, I'll just get like a, a six pack okay. of cans for you. Um, tea we'll
1: cakes out that way too.
0: Uh, yeah, Tarnock's Tea Cakes um, are made in a factory in Oddingston, which isn't too far outside Glasgow. Now, my aunt and my mum both worked at the Tarnock's factory right, okay. for years, um, and I used to go to the Halloween and Christmas parties at the factory when I was a child. Uh, I remember one year specifically going as... Um...
1: As a tea Robin Hood's. <laughs> as saying, Robin Hood's. dress up as a tea uh, cake, that been awesome.
0: <laughs> no, I went dressed as Robin Hood uh, one year, and uh, there was a disco. Uh, that was Halloween. That was I must have only been about probably seven or eight at most. Many, many, many years ago now. But yeah, turnips, tea cakes, uh, a quintessential Scottish uh, Scottish biscuit.
1: I'll have to see if I can up my game then. To burst, who else I have out here? <laughs>
0: uh, a, a bag of chips with salt <laughs> and sauce.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll be something out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Well, we, it'll be interesting to, to see how our picks do.
0: Yep. Uh, now, some news that we do have uh, from a baseball Scotland standpoint um, is some information on our season and what this uh, COVID nineteen coronavirus outbreak, um, you know, means for us. Uh, let me just read out the statement that Paul Convoy put out, the league president. Um, so it says, uh, given the recent advice on COVID nineteen. Uh, We are not having any training or friendly games this weekend. Uh, That was, this is from this past Tuesday. Um, Now the Comets and Galaxy were scheduled to play games against the Edinburgh Uni team uh, in advance of the tournament next weekend. Uh, These have been cancelled. There will be a wider announcement uh, from Baseball Scotland on the season itself, um, but it's highly likely that we'll be delaying opening day. Um, so we were scheduled to open the season in Edinburgh at the Canons this coming, not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday, the 29th of March. It's highly unlikely that will be happening. Um, but we'll give the listeners more of an update when we have it from Paul. Um might even try and get Paul on the show uh, to talk us through the process that that's had to, he's had to go through and uh, where he feels we're at from, in terms of a Scheduling standpoint and, and what kind of a season we're going to be able to get in on our side of things.
1: Well, hopefully, we find out some information soon, and we can tell you exactly what's going to go down.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is contingent on what measures the government take in the next uh, in the coming days. Uh, I know that school is done as of tomorrow, um, for the foreseeable future and possibly for the school year. Um, so it's just again as. It's a waiting game, like uh, you yeah, say. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm kind of hoping that schools only shut down for a little bit there because it'll be a long four weeks until <laughs> till August and the kids start up there. And, and, and funny enough, school starts up on my birthday. So I will probably celebrate that one uh, pretty hard. I I will partake <laughs> in the Buck Fast
0: if, if needed. <laughs> I don't recommend <laughs> it. It's disgusting stuff. Um, <laughs> anyway. um. Yeah, that's basically where we're at from a baseball Scotland standpoint. One thing that is kind of breaking news, though, uh, Chris Sale. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the news about Chris Sale, but he will be undergoing Tommy John surgery. He will miss the twenty twenty season. Did see that?
1: I was kind of hoping that I've got him on one team. It was a wasted pick. <laughs> <day> now,
0: see, <laughs> so, yeah, I picked my fantasy team right. back in February, and uh, my first pick as a pitcher was Luis Severino. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I decided I was gonna put my faith in Sevi and of course it let me down. You have um, as well. I don't have packs that I had uh it was Severino and Walker Bueller, right. I think, okay. that I drafted. It was only t- it was only two starters. Um, but I'm gonna need to drop Sevi and That'd find somewhere else.
1: So if you wanna give out fantasy advice to John, please tweet at us and let him know who you should pick up.
0: Oh yeah, please tell me an outlier that I should go for, um that 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 could it could could fill the the void that's been left by Luis Severino's arm. Right,
1: uh, yeah, that that's good. Maybe we talk fantasy next week because I think we're we're, we're still going to be quiet on the front for a while. So
0: yeah, yeah, we'll be under martial law come next week as well. So <laughs> it's going to be especially imperative to to get an episode out and t- talk about something, uh, just to kind of keep our sanity. Uh, this week's episode, uh, I want to reiterate. This week's episode is kind of being thrown together last minute. Um, we don't have a guest this week. Um, there's nothing really going on. No, we're <laughs> playing the waiting thing. game. So um, we're
1: waiting to hear more news before you do anything. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as more news comes out, we can obviously update everyone on what we found out.
0: One bit of good news uh, that I would like to share is that we have sexy new Comets jerseys that, we've, that have just arrived uh, with uh, my teammate Andy Vaughn. They look amazing. Um, the Comets and Galaxy both got new jerseys for this year. We have proper baseball shirts now instead of the pullovers. Um, did you get a I chance did. to see them, and Jason?
1: They reminded me of a, a late 70s version of the Chicago White Sox jersey.
0: And that was the year that they yes, wore the that shorts? Yes, yeah? they
1: had the collared shirt, shirt and shorts for uh, one day only. And uh, that was it. But uh, no, the, the jerseys look really good. Um, they've got this kind of blue colors thing out there. And uh, I sent John a photo, and it matched up. It does look exactly like it, minus the collar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, was there any particular reason that the White Sox went with the the weird shorts so and collar? For for, for one day? There
1: used day? to be an owner called Bill Vec, and uh, he liked to introduce interesting things. Uh, he, he was quite a character, and I think it was just more of kind of promotional stunt. And there was a lot of weird stuff in the 70s. I mean, there was a... A lot of weird-looking uniforms. <laughs> uh, there was disco demolition yeah. day. I don't know if you've heard about that. There was ten-cent beer night. Um, so yeah. So I think that just kind of uh, was just one of those hey, it's the seventies, let's try this out. And uh, yeah, it lasted. They had a double header. I think it lasted uh, uh, just that day.
0: So over under, how many? How many? What's the over and under on the number of kilograms of well, cocaine the, the, that were involved there, in that? Decision? Don't
1: worry. Uh, you probably heard of Tim Raines. <laughs> he played for the Yankees for a little bit. And, uh, Absolutely, I, yeah. I want to say I think it was him, uh, and he refused to to slide headfirst because it would have bro- broken the vials of coke that he had in his pocket in the front.
0: <laughs> Major league baseball, yeah, the Wild so, West, you, know, you, know, like,
1: you know, all the way into the '84. Now I can't remember if we touched on this or not. Um, but I did talk about the the Pittsburgh drug trials, didn't I? Oh, okay. So, I'm not sure, so, so uh, in, in the '80s, uh, there was a big drug ring that broke out in MLB uh, Keith Hernandez was involved, Lonnie Smith like that and uh, basically they were being supplied by the Pittsburgh Pirates mascot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the big parrot was supplying everyone with drugs they were all getting coke from the parrot
0: Was this the big scandal in the 80s that Bud Selig no, apparently bought?
1: Selig would have been owner there so um, but the guys were supposed to be suspended for a year and they got off a month.
0: Right. And Sealy like, Sealy like, going to the the Brewers, Brewers time, at yeah. the time, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was the what was the big scandal in the late eighties or was it the early nineties because I I I wasn't watching at the time obviously. Uh, but you know since Bud Sealy retired and stuff like that, have I've seen people allude to the, the big scandal. That wasn't PEDs from like the late 80s or early 90s that, I, that apparently Bud Selig botched or that he well, knew that about the and whole didn't take steroids action.
1: Era of baseball in the late 90s that would be Sammy Sosa and uh, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. <clears throat> and they all knew that everyone was taking steroids. And of course, uh, that was when uh, nothing would happen until over 10% of MLB players got. Tested positive for steroids. Well, <laughs> that's what happened. So everyone knew, uh, but then they were everyone was recovering from the strike in ninety four and ninety five. Like, I mean, I remember baseball in ninety five. There, there wasn't much interest. Everyone was kind of upset that um, ninety four had happened, and you know, and it was great to have this, the home run race to get everyone excited about baseball again. So it was baseball's dirty little secret.
0: Now, back in ninety four, who did fans blame? Was it the players? Um, or the owners? Oh
1: gosh, It's it's usually the owners, like the players. You gotta remember so in eighty seven there was collusion with the owners to, to suppress players salaries down. So uh, Andre Dawson famously showed up. Uh, to the Chicago uh, Cubs uh, spring training and with a blank contract and just you know sign me with whatever you want and then proceeded to go on a tear and won the uh, NL MVP on a losing team. That shows you how good Andre Dawson was. Uh, it's unprecedented for someone from a losing team win the MVP. Uh, and that's when you start to see players' salaries rise and you start seeing the one million, the two million, the three million dollar year contracts. And of course now everyone laughs at making three million a year. It's nothing for a player, but you know those guys fought hard to uh, gain more revenues from MLB so uh, again it's usually the owners that's it those, those guys work hard um, they deserve a, you know, a larger share of what the profits they were getting.
0: Okay uh, that's it's nice to get that kind of insight um, because obviously I as I say I've heard of the strike um, and I've heard of the shortened season in 95 but obviously it was before I started to watch baseball so I didn't really by the time I really started, I think the fallout from that was very much in the rearview mirror, because the 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 run to the run for sixty one in ninety eight had already happened. You know, the Yankees dynasty years had already happened. Barry Bonds was kind of chasing that record in two thousand and one. It was mid mid season when I started watching baseball. So it's interesting to, for somebody who jumped in at such an exciting time for baseball. Um, to hear what it was like just a few short yeah, I mean, years before uh, that. You,
1: you kind of had Bo Jackson and Frank Thomas kind of be the people who really just were big, strong dudes that were athletic that showed you you could be a big, strong guy there. And that's what really kind of pushed everyone to start you know, getting bigger. Now, obviously those guys aren't linked with steroids, but you know, uh, medicine got better. People were figuring out, you know, ways to cheat the system better, you know, uh, and I, I don't blame them. You know, if, you know, guys got cheated out um, by people doing steroids and you know, uh, growth home runs to you know, recover from injuries quicker.
0: Now, one guy that I want to ask you about opinion time Mike Piazza was he was he playing the game clean, or do you think that he might have uh, been using steroids? Was he ever linked to steroids? Because as much as I'm a Yankees fan, I had an almost begrudged uh, respect for Mike Piazza as a player. I just thought. His demeanor was very cool, you know. He was very calm, and and uh, he was obviously a tremendous you know, player.
1: It was rumored he was. He, he never tested positive. No one had a thing. You know, players had said he had the back act. That would have said that he was doing steroids. I, I I I don't know. I mean, if you look at the pictures of Mike as a rookie, um, he was already a big guy. So. I mean,
0: that's so it Yeah, he was a pretty big really
1: dude. I mean, he was like a a 59th round pick. that would only drafted because his his dad knew Tommy Lasorda, and it was a you know a favor for him to, to get drafted. Even. So you know, he, uh, so he obviously worked hard to to become what he was. So I I I don't know. Like, it's, mm-hmm. there's never been anything linking him to steroids. It's always just been suspected. But then I look at somebody like Jeff Bagwell. You know, again. People always said, oh, look at him. He was a big guy, but, you know, no, no proof ever came. And, uh, you know, I don't think Bagwell was doing steroids.
0: Yeah, sometimes guys are just country strong. Uh, and I think that was definitely the case with Bagwell, just a big yeah, guy. I
1: mean, so, uh, I, like I said, if it came out, I'd be like, okay, sure. You know, I should have seen that earlier. But I don't think, I think anything that's come out, it's already come out.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I think I, I think we're in complete agreement there. Now, did I see? I was watching a documentary and forgive me. Forgive me if I if correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but Mike Piazza and Pedro Martinez had a bad relationship. Oh, I, at one I point. haven't
1: heard this, but I I, I see that they are on the Mets. Yeah, I can see that. The Mets, the Mets always seem to do Mets things. <laughs> what, what was the documentary about?
0: Um, so it was uh, SB Nation on YouTube. It's uh, right uh, Beef Histories, I think it's called. And um, there's an episode on Piazza and Pedro Martinez. Now, this stems from, I think, a run-in that Piazza had with Pedro's right. lesser-known brother. Um, I, re- I think yeah. his name was Ramon or something along Ra- those lines, Martina. but I can't quite remember. It was, Richard- was it Ramon Martinez? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I believe that Piazza and Ramon, Ramon Martinez were, at one point, either teammates or had a run-in as uh, as rivals. And uh, later on, when uh, Pedro and Piazza became involved with the same team, uh, it became apparent that that hadn't been forgotten or wow. forgiven okay, that's by interesting.
1: Pedro. Yeah, I haven't seen this. Um, I'll, I'll have to watch this later. So that, that's really interesting that there was the beef there. So,
0: yeah, absolutely recommend it. It's only 10 minutes long, it's not like a long do- documentary. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. There's an episode on Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter's relationship as well, which. Um, Having been a fan of both for almost twenty years, I still don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone understands that. Uh, well, maybe they still know three. the truth. I
1: mean, it was uh, a Rod, Nomar, and Jeter, and was the was wasn't the best of yeah. the three, but he had all the the titles. So you know, I think uh, I think that rubbed a Rod wrong.
0: Well, I mean. Alex has certainly indicated in the past yep. that it doesn't take much to rub him wrong. <laughs> uh, at times, uh, I think he would be the first person to admit, and recently he did, that he wasn't always the easiest guy to root for. You know, or get along I, you know, with. I
1: like Erod as a commentator. He, he's still a fanboy. So um, mm-hmm. I appreciate he, he, he he's cleaned up his image. He, he's not quite as awkward as he always was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a commentator, I think he's great.
0: And how did you feel about his comments on the Astros punishment?
1: Was it something to do that they should should just do their their time and suck it up?
0: Very much. But it's the way that he he related it to himself and his issues. Uh, If you cheat
1: and champion the suspension, then there's no remorse. I think the last one is probably the worst because people want to see remorse. So, yeah, okay.
0: Yep. And he basically says uh, this is coming from a guy who served the longest suspension in the history of Major League Baseball. He states that it cost them roughly $35 million. And then the next yeah. words he said were, and you know what, I deserved that. Um, quite interesting and I think very well put from Alex Rodriguez. Uh, I think it need, we needed to hear something like this from a guy like Alex Rodriguez as well, who is kind of uniquely placed to make a comment. It's like if Shoeless Shul Joe Jackson could come back for a day and make a comment on the Astros scandal. You know, it's like you're, you've got the biggest villain at one point in baseball, who has, as you say, cleaned up his act completely. Uh, to the point where he is more accepted again, and he's obviously gotten a, a new career as a broadcaster and quite a good career. He's very knowledgeable. I mean, I say very knowledgeable. I mean, there isn't anyone in this world that is more obsessed with baseball than Alex Rodriguez. Um, so for him to say something like that, is, yeah, exactly. I, agree I think was solely needed. Yeah. Now, um, Do we have anything I think else to uh, discuss? I think, Lewis,
1: we'll, we'll bring it back for next week and we can... Uh... And maybe we'll talk fantasy sports next week if we have no new news.
0: Yep. Uh, we'll try and get a guest as well. We're looking to get Jason West of the Tape Breakers on the show um, in the next couple of weeks, but we'll try and get that sorted. Now, uh, to close, uh, what do you so have this for day this day in, day in history, baseball history? Have
1: the Hawk, Ken Harrelson, who played for the Indians at that time, uh, breaking his leg uh, in the spring training game, which would cause him to miss pretty much the whole season. Um, he comes back the following next season and he loses uh, his first base position to uh, Chris Chambliss, who's on a winning uh, AL Rookie of the Year, and he decides to give it up and go into professional golfing.
0: Chris Chambliss would later go on to win so
1: the funny thing World is, Series is with I, the New I, York I Yankees. Back, so I wanted to see some comments, because obviously he's mostly known as a broadcaster for the White Sox. So uh, so I wanted to see yeah. if people would pick up on that. But, so obviously his pro-golfing career didn't take off the way he wanted and then becoming a whole Broadcaster for the whites. So good for him. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not so, a bad consolation I thought it was interesting.
1: If you get a chance, go visit the Instagram. The picture I have him. He's wearing some some lovely seventies outfit that you could only get away with when seventies.
0: <laughs> this is the seventies edition of the Ball Caps and Bagpipes podcast. Um, well, we're keeping you, find me on, on, you on, on, Facebook,
1: Instagram? on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. And of course, you can always go visit Dugout Classics to get new vintage jerseys there, and that's dugoutclassics.com. And of course, on the social media platforms,
0: I received my first order from Dugout Classics, a New York Yankees jersey. Not sure what year it's from, um, but I got it at a great price, it arrived pretty quickly. It's in fantastic shape. Thank you very much for that, and uh, please do check out dugoutclasses.com if you're listening. Uh, he has, Jason has a, a lot of jerseys up there and a lot still to come, so keep your eyes on it. Um, you can find uh, the show on Anchor at anchor.fm slash Pipes. Please do check us out there. Leave us a voice message uh, if you want to leave us a voice message with your picks for this season. We would definitely welcome that. We'll play them on the show if you wish. And um, you can also find the show anywhere else you get your podcast Spotify Apple podcasts you know Google Podcasts, Stitcher all the rest of them uh, just search ball caps and bagpipes on your podcast provider of choice um, you can find me on Twitter at John caps pipes and obviously uh, you can find the show on Facebook and Twitter uh, just search at caps and pipes Um, or just search ball caps and bagpipes and you'll be able to find us uh, do get in touch with us let's chat baseball Um so, yeah, no, such as no, it is and, at and the right, so we're going to sign up here
1: and <laughs> everyone out there stay safe You know, follow the directions that you're supposed to be doing You know, uh, uh, and let's hope this passes quickly
0: yeah definitely let's get back to baseball as soon as we can And the best way to do that is to ensure that we're following the, the proper guidance and practicing good hygiene and staying safe alright
1: until next week guys take care
0: catch you next week folks bye bye